this be one of the best moments of your life. You're listening to the Business Mirror Podcast for a broader look on business with Senior Editor Dennis Estopase. Good day, I'm Dennis Estopase and welcome to Wednesdays with John Mangan, a podcast to be anchored by John Mangan, a columnist for the Business Mirror newspaper and who operates a website titled mangononmarkets.com. Mr. Mangon will share with us one of the many pieces he wrote for his column titled Outside the Box, which is published every Tuesday and Thursday in the op-ed section of the Business Mirror. We hope you enjoy your Wednesday with John Mangon. Globalization and Nationalism The oppositions have it all wrong. Because the press and the pundits have created them to push their own political agendas. The terms globalism, and especially nationalism, have taken on negative connotations. As a result, the governing philosophies behind those two ideas are not being properly examined. Neither is the impact on elections being considered. Some definitions of globalism, quote, The expansion of a global political system and its institutions in which inter-regional transactions are managed, unquote. Another, an increasing trend towards multilateralism in which the United States nations plays a key role and non-governmental organizations act as watchdogs over governments and have increased influence, unquote. Finally, quote, the UN has four main purposes, to keep peace, to develop friendly relations, to help nations work together, to be a center for harmonizing the actions of nations to achieve these goals." Look, the key words are managed, influence, and harmonize. Globalism is not some spiritual concept where nations hold hands and have group hugs. It is the formation of a kind of global civil society in the words of English political science Colin Crouch, where governments and non-government advocacy networks operating across borders encourage and often demand what another sovereign nation can and cannot do. Therefore, under globalization, under globalism, each country has a primary obligation to the greater good of all nations as determined by that larger group of nations. It is justified by ideas like your homeowners situation association has a rule against you raising dirty stinking goats in your front garden. The collective has a duty to protect itself from the individual by limiting the rights and actions of the individual even when it comes to countries. Now nationalism is the idea that promotes the interests of a particular individual nation, especially with the aim of gaining and maintaining that nation's sovereignty, self-governance, over its homeland. If my goats are not dirty and stinking and do not interfere with my neighbors, I have a right to keep them. But since World War II, in the furtherance of globalism, multinational pacts have been established, like the U.S.-led North Atlantic Treaty Organization and the Soviet-led Warsaw Pact, 
Yet those pacts allow for political cover. Look, the U.S. formed the Southeast Asia Treaty Organization, CEDAW, or the Manila Pact, and then no one could claim that the U.S. invaded Vietnam. It was a group decision for the benefit of everyone, including Vietnam, which obviously was making bad decisions. War against Saddam's Iraq, Gaddafi's Libya, Assyria's, Assad's Assyria were all fought by coalitions. But it happens only when a war serves the greater good. It's great public relations in support of globalism to condemn the military in Myanmar, but no way is any Western blood or treasure going to be spent, no matter if thousands of protesters are killed. In 1966, French President Charles de Gaulle downgraded France's membership in NATO, withdrawing France from NATO's integrated military command. The shockwave of rejecting NATO's globalism was heard around the world. <coughs> the political opposition in almost every country believes that the candidate's character, personality, and specific policies determine to elections, and to a certain extent that is accurate. But perhaps it is more profound and instinctive than that. In 2009, President Nicolas Sarkozy changed course and returned France to full NATO participation. Currently, those advocating France withdraw again from NATO include the entire political spectrum, from the far-right National Party Gaulle's Debout, La France, and the Popular Republican Union parties, and the far-left parties want France out of NATO. People may be voting on the question, who should control the course of my country, the globalists or the nationalists? listening to the Business Mirror podcast for a broader look on business. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Business Mirror. Until next time.